the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Mark Magnuson. Joined today by Matt Bennett of agmarket.net for our opening market discussion. Matt, what are we seeing taking place in the grains? It's kind of a rough week. Uh, to be honest with you, you, you look at this bean market, it'd be the biggest drop we've had in a while as far as just on a weekly change. You know, uh, typically we'll get a drop and then the market will kind of correct itself. But really, we just haven't had any buyers showing up for soybeans. I mean, whenever you get into this situation where we've needed rain for quite some time down in Brazil, uh, there's no doubt there's been some damage in areas. Uh, assessing that, I think, is the toughest thing. Uh, but when it's raining, it's just really tough to ask crops that are, uh, for instance, uh, soybeans in flowering mode, setting pods and whatnot. It's really tough to ask the market to rally in that situation. That's kind of week we've had. This holiday shortened week, you know, uh, uh, certainly has uh, given us more volume than a week ago. Uh, typically between Christmas and New Year's, you don't see a ton of trading. But, you know, this week you come in here and uh, beans especially just really struggled. Uh, corn actually looks uh, like it's going to have a, a better week, relatively speaking. Uh, but it's certainly nothing to write home about. And Matt, like you said, we can kind of tie that into what's happening in South America with the corn and soybean price, at least this week. But we also saw the wheat price take a downturn to start the week. A little bit of a bounce back yesterday, but what do you make of the wheat market right now? Yeah, I mean, yesterday you come in here and there's uh, whispers again of uh, Chinese interest in U.S. wheat. Uh, with that being the case, you know, uh, there's no uh, doubt why you'd see buyers maybe decide to, uh, oh, I don't know, kind of shore things up after a pretty rough start to the week. Uh, and so I think moving forward, it'd be very interesting, you know, how how much business can we expect from China? You know, the last go round, uh, they said, hey, we're done buying wheat for a while, which I've always told people, you know, it's and I'm not, uh, you know, being uh, critical. It's just that China uh, historically has been very good at, at the way that they communicate, uh, you know, and how that impacts, the, you know, the value of commodities that they're wanting to purchase. So if they say, for instance, hey, we're, uh, we're going to quit buying wheat for a while, uh, they typically still want to buy wheat. They just want to buy it at a cheaper price. And so that's kind of what I expect in here is that, you know, you're going to you're going to see some more business show up. But, you know, overall, can you get super bullish wheat? Uh, you know, it's tough, uh, in my opinion. I still see lower world stocks and U.S. stocks to usage ratios than what we typically have been used to in the past. Uh, you know, but is it uh, going to be bullish enough in an environment that seems very deflationary as far as commodities are concerned? Uh, you know, it might be tough to get a rally there. Speaking of rallying, let's switch over to the other side of the ag marketplace and the livestock complex. We saw a nice little bit of a rally here to start the week with the cattle. Had a, a slight downturn yesterday, but much better to at least start the week in the cattle market, Matt. Yeah, you know, I think whenever people start talking about this uh, cattle deal, I mean, uh, it's just really tough to figure out exactly where everyone wants to place their bets. You know, right now it's hard to get super bullish due to the fact that you've got big placements, big cattle on feed. But at the same time, we know that the, the herd size continues to shrink, uh, you know, as you bring plenty of placements into place. And so obviously 65 year lows this last year is a well documented thing as far as the total herd inventory in the U.S. Uh, that continues to shrink as you pull these cattle into feedlots. So, you know, I think overall you've got people on both sides of this. And I, I think whenever you want to get bullish, I think you can certainly do so 
you know, if you're going to be patient, uh, because I think at some point in this calendar year, you're going to see some very low cattle on feed numbers. It, it's almost a certainty uh, from the way that I'm looking at this. And when that's the case, you know, if you continue to see some healing up in the Western Corn Belt, folks are going to maybe potentially put a whole lot more heifers out in the pasture instead on the feedlot. In that situation, I think that you could see a pretty wild market, uh, you know, as we get into maybe the middle of the uh, of the year to uh, second half of the year. So I don't want to get uh, bullish or bearish right now, but I think longer term, I'm certainly supportive. And with the hog market, we saw a nice bounce in the price to the upside yesterday. Matt, is that just a case of a little bit of a natural correction? Because it seems like every time we get a little bit too far away from that almost $70 front month price, it seems like we get a day or two where it bounces back in the upside direction. Was that the case yesterday? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, on in hog market, it just seems like, uh, you know, you're fighting up current all the time. Uh, every time that you see uh, a little bit of a of a rally, you know, we just kind of uh, get, it's almost like that whack-a-mole game, you know, you just get smoked uh, back down to the downside. You look at that chart and the chart just does not look good at all. And so, you know, what could happen as far as hogs are concerned in 24, you know, you've got to think that if you get that support come in here for the cattle uh, situation and, you know, you, you see low cattle on feed numbers, it keeps the market supported. You've got to think there's some sympathy spillover, you know, as far as hogs are concerned. But, I mean, your all eyes are always going to be on China. You know, what is their purchasing? What what does their economy look like? And uh, bottom line is, I mean, it sure seems like things have kind of leveled off you know there's a lot of talk about the uh, population leveling off a uh, decline on down the road uh, those aren't necessarily things that we equate with uh, the discussions we've had in the last several years which was insatiable demand and so i think demand certainly has uh, has leveled as far as hogs are concerned i can't get real bullish in here and the only way that i see this trend of continuing to maybe chop down even farther you know, is to get support from cattle. Matt, thank you for the analysis as always. What is the best way for our listeners to get in touch and to personalize their marketing plan? Yep, just agmarket.net. They go there on the web and it's, uh, you know, they can get all the information they need pretty easy. Matt Bennett, agmarket.net. Thanks so much for the time here today and have a great weekend. Absolutely, you as well. That was Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. It is time now for a check of the numbers. March corn down a half cent at 466 even. March soybeans down 7 even at 1260 and a half. March soybean meal down $4 even at 372.20. March soybean oil down 36 cents at 47.80. Chicago wheat up 7 and a quarter at 620 and 3 quarters. Minneapolis wheat up 8 and 3 quarters at 720 even. Kansas City hard red wheat up 9 and 3 quarters at 635 and a half. And March oats up one even at 366 even. On the Merck, February live cattle down 17 cents at 170.95. January feeder cattle up 17 cents at 224.85. February lean hogs down 80 cents at 68.25. February pork cutout up $2.72 at 81.72. And class three milk down three cents at 15.23. This has been a check of the opening markets on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network.